Greetings, friends, and welcome to another episode of How To Wrestling, the world's first wrestling podcast detailing how to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling, and goodness knows, maybe even how to enjoy wrestling. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of How To Wrestling. I'm Kevin Mann, explaining things as always to newfound fan of WWE and wrestling and the world beyond, Joe Graham. Hi, Kevin. How's things, Joe? I've been very sick. You are very, very sick. I know you're putting on sick. your extra sick voice. I'm so sick. You don't understand. I've been very, very sick. I'm sounding so much healthier now, even though I'm still sick. So I yeah. have to put on the voice. Okay, I understand. So people understand. Because visually, you, you look grand like And now. we're going to edit out all the coughs. So. Yeah. Can we just like, Photoshop a picture where there's like pus coming out of different orifices yeah. and stuff like that? You know, yeah, really, bubos. Yeah, exactly. Really sell that. Um, yeah, Joe, now in our newfound career as a wrestling podcast, got to do the most fun thing which was be sick and, <laughs> and still trying to do a wrestling podcast and as a man has done that quite a few times himself it's not easy to podcast when you've got no voice it's not I mean we had to do it with Santa with muscles and listen to the end of that episode for the bonus content yeah, all the stuff that Kevin cut out the bonus pestilence that wasn't even just the stuff I cut out that was the best stuff I cut out there was a load of uninteresting coughs and hacking up that didn't yeah. really make the cut I mean if you want to be on the cinema swirl how to wrestling crossover you got to be a cough that brings its a game it's yeah. got to be phlegm in there you know you got to upset someone with that cough <laughs> you know but feeling better now I'm feeling a bit better, although I'm still a little bit nervous that you're going to make me laugh and I'm going to be sick. Oh, that's true. It's it's very dangerous game which we're still playing. I mean, I was sick also, and I'm still running foul of this whole, you know, yeah. something funny. And, you know, so it's going to be all serious business today. There will be no jokes on this no. podcast. Sorry, for Straight my health. Face. Exactly. For Joe's health. And if you think it's anything that's funny and you laugh, start off the podcast because you're making Joe upset and stop that. How dare you? You're making me iller. And this is a very, very serious episode indeed because this is How to Trish Stratus and one which we are being incredibly excited to do. I will say hand on heart, it did take us far too long to do uh, a female wrestler yeah. in this show. I'm very happy that we are, though, however, starting this journey and looking into women's wrestling with Trish Stratus, who's often touted as being the greatest of all time. Really? Ah. really? Ah. So, is she the greatest of all time? We'll be looking at some matches in a bit, and depending on what Joe thinks, that'll basically be it, because Whether she's a new she is, fan. Yeah. So, well, that's the new thing, isn't it? And I'm it? a woman. You're a woman and you're a fan. Therefore, your opinion on wrestling is kind of like... Be all and end all. So I just point to Joe and everyone says kind of like, oh, I don't know, if is Trish Stratus the greatest wrestler of all time? Well, Joe's a new fan and she's a woman. So she's more than qualified to let us yeah. know. But what did you learn in wrestling this week, Joanna? This week, I got sent in a fantastic video. I actually was sent this by a bunch of people who all decided that this was very important for me to know about. But Elliot Hodgett, our good friend, he he sent it first. Yeah. Uh, and then many others after. Then many others. But he started the trend of sending me this video. Uh, it's amazing. It's Joey Ryan using his penis to mm. win a test of strength. Now, Joey Ryan, we saw very briefly before in our Young Bucks episode. He yeah. He teamed with Candice LeRae, world's cutest tag team. They were awesome. You did comment on Joey Ryan being a hunk at he's the time a hunk. yeah uh, hairy chest mm-hmm. he's got a goatee thing good hair sleazy oily you mm-hmm. know he's a sexy man mm-hmm. but this was quite quite the feat of strength rarely does the penis come into play in wrestling not in, as often as i'd like in an offensive environment you see you guys get kicked in the dick all the time mm. you know but uh, rarely do we see it like so the what penis making a comeback yeah i mean what <laughs> 
<laughs> what happens here with this uh, penis? Basically, it seems to be where someone will grab his penis mm. in an attack and then somehow using sheer force of penile strength, yeah. he like turns the tables around on his opponent and like manages to like not only reverse the attack, but then like flip them over with his penis. So does he like kind of... I'm trying to figure out what it is. is. Is the resting state, is his organ so muscular that he's just able to, like, flex it, basically? I think so. Or has he got some sort of, like, super focused sexual thought in his head that's like, kind of, I'm going to think about this thing and my dick can knock down walls. I just assumed it wasn't a sexual thing because then there'd be a big boner. I mean, speaking as someone with a penis, so I feel yeah. more than qualified now. Yeah. It's one of the rare occasions where having a penis makes you feel like you're qualified <laughs> to explain something. But let me explain this to you, Joe, okay? When a penis is flaccid, it's not got a lot of oomph to it. So unless Joey Ryan has got some sort of, you know, for lack of a better term, freak dick, um, I think that it has to be some sort of sexuality. Because when, when blood rushes in, that uh, flaccid, flabby, no-good uh, dick becomes a, a powerful muscle, right. you know, with, with lots of blood and capable of, of movements. And I'm sure Joey Ryan can even do cock push-ups and stuff like that. Well, I was thinking that's probably how he worked out, was doing cock push-ups. Yeah. But interesting, nonetheless, that he managed I don't to like turn the, f- the tables on his I don't think it's a sexual thing. You Otherwise, think I, think, I think whoever he was wrestling would freak out and be like, whoops. There's a boner now. Maybe I should let go. There would be a nice kind of switch around, though, in the, in the very heterosexual world of wrestling. If any nasty heel goes for a low bow, and then the yeah. face is like, huh, joke's on you. Now I'm turned on. Mind games. <laughs> you know, back in the 80s, The Undertaker would turn off the lights. Mind games. Now guys are getting boners in the ring. Mind games. <laughs> Things are getting messed up. So are you uh, looking forward to seeing more of Joey Ride in the future, then? Oh, and more of his member. <laughs> I hope his penis becomes the WWE World Champion someday. So Trish Stratus then, is this someone who you've heard much about? I mean, someone who's been watching wrestling for around a year now. Had that name cropped up much? Yes, she was one of the um, wrestlers from the Attitude Era type thing. Is that accurate, Attitude Era? Or well, is it a bit later? She debuted in the Attitude Era, but towards she, the end she was of it. A bit more, her main career was a bit after, wasn't it? Yeah, her main career would be the, the, the post-Attitude yeah. Era kind of time, really. When she the was time which known. doesn't seem to have a name. Yeah, well, people want to call it the ruthless aggression era. Although really? I, I still, I still refuse to acknowledge that <laughs> as as an actual era. It's not an era. It's just two words. She was the the one from that kind of well, either way, wrestling that's old. Yeah. In my opinion, older than me than when I came in. Mm. She was the woman that I knew from that era that wasn't Lita. And I know of Lita because I've met Lita. Oh, of course. He met Lita at a comic uh, yeah. convention thing. She was she was pretty nice, wasn't she? Or... <laughs> she was... Oh, no. <laughs> Not really. She wasn't... To be fair, right, I've been thinking about this afterwards. Right, okay, basically what happened is I met her at the Comic-Con thing. And this was just when I met you. Yeah. Uh, and so I was mad into, like, I wanted to impress you by getting a selfie with her. Because you know ah. how charming I am at these things. Oh, like, that's yeah. true, yeah, yeah. And Joe's I'm... gotten selfies with most of the principal cast of Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones, point. The Walking Dead. <laughs> Basically, that was the thing I did, is I tried to get selfies with famous people. Anyway, went up to her table, because she was there was no one there. I went up, I was like, hey, I've just started listening to your music, and I think you're really cool. I haven't watched much wrestling. That's, that's really good, you know, l- yeah. going in with the music. She the thinks, goals, uh, yeah. yeah, good. That's what I thought. I thought, she'd, I thought I'd get off on the right foot, and she'd like me so that she'd let me take a picture with her. But when I asked her for a selfie, she was like, no, sorry, you've got to pay 35 quid. Oh, 35 pounds! Yeah! Okay. There was, like, no one there. Every, and bearing in mind, as well, that, like, Peter Dinklage, all these other people that, like... 
I've met at Comic Cons mm. have let me take selfies for free. I've literally never paid for a selfie in my life. And she made me, she wanted me to pay. That's, well, I mean, I guess that's just the, the, the resting mentality. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. So the way I've kind of sort of worked out in my mind as to why it's kind of justified is because to be fair to all those other celebrities I had pictures with, they're making shit tons of money from yeah, their yeah. movie careers. Mm. That's probably her main source of income right now. So I can kind of understand why she said it. Well, I'll tell you, there's a man who's got a number of pictures with wrestlers and you can scroll through them if you're on my Facebook ever, see all the pictures of Kevin with wrestlers. The wrestlers who are smiling are the ones who got paid. The wrestlers who got a, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> are the ones who have been approached without money. So, you know, I totally understand, you know, the the, the, the weirdness that some wrestlers have with just random pictures, particularly when they're maybe at a con expecting to get paid for it. I'm just saying, though, be fully aware that if a raven does come at some point with attached to it a large, lengthy bill for all these Game of Thrones people <laughs> all looking for 35 quid a pop. I'm convinced that the reason I got away with all the, like, the Game of Thrones people and the Walking Dead people is because the majority of them were men. Ah. And I think it was me flirting with them ah. that got me the free selfies. I see, and the flirting, obviously, with Lita. Didn't she pay off. Soulish. I honestly tried. Swear to God, I had a big crush on Lisa when I first saw her. Trish obviously linked to Lisa quite a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, because women's wrestling is something which has been... I mean, you picked a great time to, to get into wrestling yeah. in that respect. Because I remember, you know, watching wrestling with Joe. At the, like, the first pay-per-view she saw was SummerSlam 14. And you had, you know, the big Brie Bella, Stephanie angle, which was like a big main event type angle. And then we had NXT right after that. You know, there's a lot there's a lot of great stuff to sink your teeth into and obviously as someone who's made it his sole mission in life to look through the attitude era and all its gross ins and outs, obviously women's wrestling was not like that always. And no, it had it a not. long, perilous road to get there. Trish Stratus would be one of the main reasons why we're not watching gravy matches and things like that. It was such an odd thing for me coming into wrestling as a new female fan. Because I didn't... Growing up, I had absolutely no idea any of this weird sexualized wrestling stuff happened. Because you knew that wrestling was a thing, as we mentioned yeah. briefly previously. I knew about Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I knew about Steve Austin, just about. But I didn't know that there were female wrestlers. I hadn't really considered that there would or wouldn't be. I just hadn't heard of any, so yeah. I didn't give them any thought. But I absolutely had no inkling of bra and panties matches, paddle on a pole matches... Wrestling in gravy matches. Lingerie pillow fight matches. Oh, for fuck's and sake. Evening gown matches. Evening gown yeah. matches. Oh, no, evening gown matches is nothing compared to uh, Armageddon 99, where we had the first ever evening gown match that took place in a pool. pool. In a swimming pool. Because nothing turns on Vince McMahon like chlorine. I remember I saw one, which was like an evening gown match in gravy. Yeah, they've done that as well. So they've, it's, it's funny because you and probably most of the parents of every young lad growing up as a wrestling fan were completely oblivious to the fact that yes, there were women and yes, they were in highly sexualized environments and just, none, it was a yeah. big secret. Shh, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone we're going to be watching women wrestling in, in pudding and gravy time. Shh, it's like secret. boys staying up too late yeah. and then doing terrible naughty things and totally getting away with it because no one else has any idea i'll say this right off the bat all right because i've spoken before about you know being nervous about being a wrestling fan hiding it from people i know like if i was watching wrestling my parents came in i changed the channel over and all that i'm pretty sure for most people a lot of that comes from the fact that there was highly sexualized stuff on it and either you were uncomfortable with the parents watching or you didn't want to be interrupted You'd or whatever. you have to explain it then and just... Thankfully, you never had to have that uh, that conversation. So do your parents not know that's 
what happens in has happened in wrestling. I know they knew that there was like sexualized stuff because they walked in on me once watching The Godfather was out. Godfather was a wrestling pimp who had hoes who came out with him. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, and I remember my parents looking and go, oh, it takes all sorts and just walked away. So, That's and very then, like your parents. One time as well, me and my brother were playing Smackdown and Here Comes the Pain on PS2 and they had loading screens that just, lengthy loading screens with just random pictures of wrestlers and Trish Stratus was there and like her promo picture, she's obviously quite sexy. And my parents just walked in and go, what are you doing, guys? And just like, this like five-minute loading sequence of Trish Stratus pulling a, a sexy face with her cleavage and shotgun. Playing wrestling game? Please load. Oh. Please load. Like, begging the gods of Sony. Load, for the love of God, please. Because that's something I've wondered. Because I know how awkward it can be if you're watching a film with a sex scene with your parents. It's, there's nothing much more awkward than that on this planet. I wonder if anyone's ever watched uh, like a bra and panties match with their parents. All I do remember is that Trish Stratus in like 2001, I remember like we were on holiday and uh, like Smackdown was just on, you show Smackdown on the morning on Sky One and it was on and straight away Trish Stratus came out and I was like, uh oh. And I just walked upstairs and I, I had like a 10 minute pee and then walked back downstairs because my parents were in the room while it was on. I was like, because we're all in the same room because it was a holiday thing. I was like, I'm not watching whatever Trish is going to be doing. I just don't want to watch it. I have to deal with any of these. Because it was fucking 12, you know. So it was only like an arm wrestling contest or something like that. She arm like arm, She arm wrestled like Stacey Heber or Tori Wilson or whatever. But I was like, no, uh, just, uh, uh, but, uh, no, no, no. So it's obviously a bit weird for me looking back at, uh, at Trish Stratus. But um, she's someone who is often given that tag, as we said, of the greatest of all time. Yeah. And that is obviously quite a heavy tag to have as a women's wrestler. But when you look at where we were before she came and where we are now, you're pretty hard to find any other... There's a short list of people you could put on that. When people say greatest wrestler of all time, they'll kind of go, oh, you can't say it. It, you know, it could be Ric Flair, it could be Steve Austin, it could be The Rock, it could be... you know. But with women's wrestlers, it's like, well, if it's not Trish or Lita, then who is it? Mm. And there's not really anyone else to have that conversation with. Um, so we looked at some... Uh, Matches from Trish Stratus, trying to span as much of her career as we could. Obviously, it's not a definitive list. We had four big matches which we were looking at. Trish Stratus debuted in mid-2000. Trish Stratus debuted in early 2000 in the WWF. And you actually got to see one of Trish's earliest kind of feuds or encounters, which was when she got put through a table by Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah, that was in How To Dudley's. Yeah. That was... uh... An interesting angle there. Were you aware that this was like one of Trisha's first things that she did then when we watched that? Yeah, I think you mentioned in the episode that she was in a sort of managerial Because she wasn't a wrestler when she first debuted. Yeah, no, I know that much. She came from the world of fitness modelling, which is basically a... It seems to be like a combination of like... Yeah, I've always wondered what fitness modelling is. It's so... It's it's not glamour... It's like halfway between glamour modelling and bodybuilding. Now, actually, I don't... This is going to... Prove how naive I am. I don't know what glamour modelling is either. Glamour modelling is like non-nude sexy modelling, basically. So, kind of... Okay, so like in underwear and stuff. Yeah, that kind Bikinis. of thing. Sometimes it can be like topless and whatnot, but generally speaking, glamour modelling is kind of uh, meant to be non-nude. Non-kind of porn, you know. Right. More the kind of nuts and zoo, kind of cheeky, kind uh, of, oh, look okay. at her there, you know. Yeah. Fitness modeling seems to be a combination of that and some sort of bodybuilding aspect. So okay. most of the women in the world of fitness modeling seem to have giant implants and giant biceps. Right. Oh, okay. So that's where Trish came from. And she, by her own admission, was basically almost like a... She didn't seem that kind of bulked up, though. She wasn't. I mean, 
I guess because she kind of set the tone for what women looked like in wrestling, but she was definitely would have like, she was one of those women who managed to toe the line between being muscular without being someone who guy fans would look at and go, oh, she's all, you know, veiny and muscular and right. steroid. Like China, for instance, always got ragged on by fans because she was too big or too muscular and too masculine. Wasn't she the, the cause of the best-selling Playboy ever? Exactly. Proof now that uh, All those people were <laughs> most lying. of America has got a closeted muscle fetish. But anyway... <laughs> But Trish was able to kind of be the first person who kind of dialed it back from the super strong but still have this kind of, you know, uh, glamorous sight or whatever. So they hired her, by their own admission, more or less for her looks Mm -hmm. because they thought she's really hot looking. Previous attempts to have someone in this role, like people like Sable and Sonny, they had previously. Sable being Brock Lesnar's wife. Yes. And they never ended well, really, with those people because they ended up, you know, they couldn't really wrestle that well. So they did try and make them wrestle then. They like you say wrestle. I mean, they wrestled like three minute matches. They didn't know really any moves. It was usually some sort of sexual angle to it. Because I'm actually really interested in because were were there female wrestlers back when Hulk Hogan first started wrestling? Mm, no, there's pretty much no female wrestlers in WWF at the time. So when did they come in? They brought in women's wrestling on and off throughout the early nineties. Okay, like on and off really, because just kind of. Not not as a sexual thing, just as kind of a hear the women they are wrestling, but it was never pushed as anything serious. It was like, wow, it's like women wrestling. It's, it was almost like they pushed it like they would have pushed their, quote, midget wrestling that they had at the time. Right. as kind of like an oddity almost. Okay. There were some amazing women wrestlers back then there, like people like Alundra Blaze and Mae Young. We'll talk about those in future episodes. But the late 90s, when the adage there started, was when they kind of really started going for the oh, people will tune in to watch if they think this woman is going to remove her top or whatnot. And he had likes of Sable and Sonny. And people did not tune in to watch them wrestle. They tuned in to watch them, to ogle at them or whatever. Yeah. And they you know, must be involved in segments and angles that involve people ogling at them and whatnot. Right. So when Trish Stratus came in, it was very much meant to be more of that. Okay. Because in the early 2000s when she came in, women's wrestling was pretty grim. I mean, go back and listen to the Atlantic podcast, folks, and see the women's matches that were on at the time. They were fucking depressing. It was either A, an incredibly sexualized match, or B, a two-minute match that no one gave a flying fuck about. There was never anywhere in between. There was never like, wow, that women's match was really... You know, you had really great women's wrestlers in there, though, like people like Ivory and stuff, who really tried hard, but couldn't overcome this fucking stigma or this huge expectation that WWE were like, if you're a women's wrestler, it's got to be sex and nothing else. To be fair... They don't exactly help that out with fucking Jerry Lawler. Ah. Eh, puppies. <laughs> Get away from me, and troll. We will say at the bat, watching all of these matches was very difficult with Jerry Lawler on fucking commentary ruining it. Yeah, I actually asked you to turn it up because, I mean, under normal circumstances, I'd ask you to turn <laughs> it off. <laughs> you say to turn it off. Yeah, because I hate Jerry Lawler and I hate his stupid commentaries on women. But I wanted to make note of all the stupid things he says. I mean, what was great about Trish was that she did come in in that kind of eye candy role. They put two random dudes with her, Test and Albert. They were called TNA. (laughs) Get it? Tits and ass. That's what TNA... What? That's what that stands for? Oh, yeah, TNA in America. I know, I never understood it in in Ireland and England as well, but... Wait, so TNA, the company? It's a a bit of a problem there, yeah. Is that what it's supposed to say? Because the phrase in America would have been like with with executives and stuff was like, ah, TNA, that's what people want to see. What? Yeah, TNA, it's a bad pun. I know, TNA is not a good name for a wrestling company. So literally the wrestling company TNA is named after 
tits and ass. Well, it's total non-stop action wrestling. Oh, okay. So it isn't actually... No. Right. But that phrase, TNA... That's what think. that. Wow, I didn't I know. know that. It's bad. And, and they all Testin Albert. Testin Albert, TNA, and they did the whole thing where she came out and, and she'd be wearing like a low cut top, and she was a bad, bad, bad person on the mic at the start. Right. And she was not comfortable at all, but she would say things like, "Oh, everyone just wants to see TNA." Testin Albert, lol, you know, and it, it was a bit of a troll. I thing, hate that almost. her name even isn't in that pun. Yeah, Testin Albert, TNA, tits and ass. So when you're looking at Trish's breasts. Just think of Test. And when you're looking at her bum, just think of that big hairy lad, the trainer from NXT on Breaking Ground. Just think about that next time you're looking. Looking at her big bum there, just think of his big bald head. It's the same size and shape, I'm sure. Probably. (laughs) But she got a name for herself quite quickly that even though she was put in these kind of sexual angles and sexual stories and whatnot, and the whole thing was that she was just this kind of eye candy, she was getting involved in doing things that people wouldn't have expected her to do. Such as? Going through a table from Bubba Ray Dudley. Right. Now, you could line up any of the women from the Attitude Era before then, and none of them would have done that. Like, any of the, the, the eye candy. Sable wouldn't have done that. Right. Terry, Sonny, all these kind of women who are known for just being eye candy. Oh, of course I'm not going to go through a fucking table. Why would I go through a table? You know, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't understand why they wouldn't want to. Most of them weren't. Like, it's a scary bump. It's risky. Why would you do it? Because it would make you really famous? But, like, that's not what they were pushed as being what their role was. I guess, yeah. You know, people don't shoot in to see the sexy lady get put in a neck brace. But Trish Stratus did that stuff anyway. So even though when Trish couldn't really wrestle, and she wasn't a trained wrestler at the start, she was only doing little bits here and there. Kind of like what Lana is doing at the moment. Right. Except that Trish got in there straight away. So was she asked to do all these, like... No, she vol- she volunteered she... apparently. Wow, that's what the scuttlebutt was at the time, and I remember hearing that people were all like super impressed with the fact that she was doing all this stuff because I think she knew, right? If you looked at Terry or Sonny or Sable, any of these like eye candy women who came before her, they'd be there for a year or two, kind of doing stuff, and then they'd leave. Maybe they'd come back well, another I, year. I can't see that there's much long-term career potential if all you're there for is to look pretty. I mean, Vince McMahon's going to get tired of masturbating eventually, you know? And people get, you know, unfortunately people do get bored of, you know. Well, I mean, if she she went down that route, the one that was probably laid out for her, which is, look, you'll be here for two years, you'll probably make a couple million quids, and then you'll make loads of money just doing appearances, and your glamour modelling career will will be through the roof. You can probably do Playboy. You know, that was the the road that was very, not forced down, mind, but just kind of, this is the opportunity. And she instead kind of went, right, that's all well and good, but I want to be in here for a career. Yeah. And instead she turned it into a six-year, very successful career as a result. And a great example of Trish Stratus like, mucking in early on, even when she wasn't like fully trained, was our first match which we looked at, which is one of my favourite matches ever, which is Trish Stratus and her henchmen, TNA, taking on Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, and their partner, Lita. Now, Lita obviously was so popular at the time, and she really just struck a chord with, with young female fans and with male fans that you could have a wrestler who was female who was kick-ass yeah. and not just titillation. People cheered when Lita came out because they wanted to see her beat up the men, do a moonsault, do crazy shit. Not that she'd just come out and take her top off. And it only really worked for Lita was that she had an amazing foil in Trish because Trish was 
on camera was like everything that Lita wasn't. Right. She was like a complete coward. She never wrestled. When she did wrestle, she was fucking rubbish at it. If she did wrestle, she'd want to have it something like a brawn panties match or something lowbrow and demeaning like that. Whereas Lita wanted to be a competitor and a champion and all that. And it was such a great feud between these two. And this year, when you've got like six people in the ring, but the feud is the two women. Right. The men are the kind of... The garnish, so to speak, in this one. So we had uh, Tristratus in the ring with TNA uh, taking on Lita and the Hardy Boys at fully loaded 2000 and a massive change of pace for women in the Ashes there at this point. The little video package which we have recapping Tristratus and how evil she is, including Michael Cole going, What a witch that Tristratus is! Ugh. What a no good witch! What a no good. Witch. 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 Listen here, you son of a witch. <laughs> I I had such a crush on Trish Stratus at this point. Yeah. Unbelievable. I remember me and my cousin and uh, like our little friends all sitting around talking about wrestling. We were all like 11 or 12 kind of admitting to the girls that we liked. And I was the only one who said, well, I actually quite like Trish Stratus. And they went, ooh, but her attitude stinks, Kevin. Oh like, my God. Oh, I was like, ah, so this is it <laughs> How old are you, 11, 12? 11, 12, yeah. Oh, I bet they just hadn't grown and up as fast as you. I don't think they realised uh, the intrinsic her, value in an asshole. attitude sure is whack. <laughs> I'll never ask her to the spring fling. <laughs> You'll never be my best girl with that attitude. I'm not taking you home to my mum and dad. <laughs> she um, looks so young. It's one thing that I was... She's very young here, yeah. I mean, I'm more familiar probably with Trish Stratus from the stuff that she's done on Tough Enough, yeah. So I kind of know her better as her current age. How old is she now? I'd say now she's only in like her mid-30s now. She's, she's only young. in her mid-30s? Yeah, she was in her 20s here in this point. Like, she was very, oh, yeah, very she, young. You said she was like around 26 in this match? Yeah, around that thereabouts. Which is actually still kind of quite old for... Yeah, in many respects, definitely. What was really, really scary about this as well in the the hypo video is that even though it's like two women who, if two women were feuding in the Attitude Era, it would usually be bitch, hoe, skank, you're a bitch, you're a slut, you're a a bitch slut. (laughs) There was very little... Jerry Lawler in the background going, Jezebel! Call her a a bitch again! (laughs) Call her a slut again! Now say them both at the same time! Now say them backwards! You know, it was... That was what it was. And here you had a really physical feud between these two where, like, Tristratus hated Lita and Lita hated Tristratus because Trish always interfered in matches and she always got away with it kind of because none of the men are going to turn around and beat up Tristratus because with the exception of the Dudley boys, there were some... Lines you didn't cross in wrestling. Yeah, I'm confused about that. Okay, so Lita fought the men. Yeah. And Trish also fought men? Trish would, like, you know, distract the referee, put her guy's foot on the rope, you know, grab someone. Oh, okay. and you know, She would interfere. Mischievous. Mischievous stuff. Like right. a complete no-good witch. Right, yes. You know? A no-good goddamn witch. That's what she would do. Whereas Lita would actually, you know, beat up the men. The evil man wrestlers, you know. Okay, right. I see. And in the video for this, we got to see the real, like, real physical side of this. With, like, Lita taking bumps from, from some of the men. Like, Tess and Albert beating her up. And Trish beating the shit out of her with a belt. And giving her these scary-looking bruises. Really scary, like, um, welts. Yeah, welts. That's what I always think yeah. of when I see things like that. That kind of shocked you, because you were like, what? That really shocked me. I don't know why it shocked me so much, considering... I mean, it's wrestling around that time. Lots of weapons were involved. Hell, she was put through a table not even that much earlier. But I guess a belt. 
I don't know. It's just so shocking to me of beating someone with a belt. It's something they were quite smart and they were able to do is that, like, the main kind of grunt idiot fan was still happy because, you know, Lita would still rip off Trish's top here and there. You know, they did have a bra and panties match once. But then they were also doing stuff like, you know, Trish putting Lita through a table, you know, or like Lita, you know, and Trish beating each other up with belts and stuff. Like, they would really, like, kind of push the more physical side of it as well as, yeah. you know, still keeping... You know, I'm not going to say that they came and they're like, oh, no one cares about the sexuality. They still did do sexual stuff. I mean, you can look at Trish's outfit here for, for one second. and <laughs> Basically underwear. Yeah. Uh, Lita as well wrestling in a thong you were rather concerned with. I totally didn't understand that for ages. Lita and her thong. But I kind of understand now that it's her costume, it's her outfit thing, it's that she has this thong. What do you think of Lita's outfit here? Oh, I hate her outfit so much. It's very 2000. I mean, I love it, but I hate it. It's so... It's exactly what I was wearing aged, like, 12. The black t-shirt with the glitter girl yeah, no, power. Seriously, girl I rule, had that top. Really? Girls rule in, in glitter. Yeah. Maybe you should have said that. You would have gotten a free picture, like. Yeah. Shop in the top. The fuck, like. Hey, I think girls rule. <laughs> Me Can too. I have your selfie? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lawler, with his commentary, makes this great tag team Ugh. action awkward. Particularly if you watched it with your girlfriend, who doesn't like... Uh, Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler. Check out the outfit Trish is wearing. Oh, oh man. Oh, oh Trish. I fear my impression of Jerry Lawler is so inaccurate because I just make him into this hideous troll beast. I kind of view, if you view Jerry Lawler as being a pterodactyl who's turned on by all these women, but all the women are repulsed by him because he's a pterodactyl. You know, that makes it a lot easier. I just can't do impressions of him without sort of letting it turn into... This, like, Sarlacc beast. <laughs> this, this deep pit of hatred. Like, yeah. oh, man, I fucking hate Jerry Lawler. I hate him. <laughs> the other thing he said was, the more Trish, the better. She can come out in every match if you ask me. Okay, which, you wait, me which would be such a nice compliment if taken out of context of what he was actually meaning there. I think Jim Ross like, man, Trish Trash, she's such a great competitor. She could wrestle every yeah. match on the card and I'd, I'd pay to see it great. Oh, I want to see Trish. <laughs> no. Please, put, don't, Trish, go backstage. It's just not worth it. Put your dick away, Jerry Lawler. (laughs) Sit this one out. (laughs) This is intergender rules as well, which you will not see in WWE ever again. I love intergender rules so much. It's just so fun, so exciting. And I love the whole thing here, the story of the match, which is Lita wants to get Trish. Like, Mm. that's what everyone wants to see. And, like, Lita's, like, even injured in this match going in because Trish has beaten her up beforehand. And Trish keeps running away, keeps, like, (laughs) she won't tag in no matter what. Trish ran away, like, the first second she got in. It's, like, her main offensive move at this point. She knows (laughs) two things. She can do a bulldog and she can run away. And she can do both those things very, very well. (laughs) When... Matt gets beaten up beyond recognition. Then Trish decides that she wants to tag in. Yeah. And she tags in to try and slap Matt and ends up slapping her own guy. We get like a brief second where the legal people in the match are Matt Hardy and Trish Stratus and he like tries to pin her and all this stuff. It was really funny. Like. <laughs> then Lita gets tagged in and straight away she just darts out immediately straight away. Yeah, I love just it. legs it. Now, were you annoyed that they weren't in the match much? Because I mean, my viewpoint in this was kind of like, this is what people want to see. So they're trying to keep it away from them. you know they, they wanted don't need to give it to them as like the big spot of the match or the big moments but did you think that they didn't have enough involvement or what do you think i mean it's hard to say oh they didn't have enough involvement considering i don't know what came after yeah true because was that wasn't the end of the feud was it no i mean it still went on for yeah for a few more months. i mean I, it surprised me when you picked this match and we were watching it because i was expecting trish to have a lot more involvement considering it's about her yeah 
So that surprised me, I guess. Mm. The fact that her and Nita weren't in it much. They only did a few moves each. Well, I think the, the story of it, though, is kind of like the two henchmen of TNA are like trying yeah. to protect Trish, kind of. So she is kind of central it was to the quite, match. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It was useful to see her character in that Yeah, respect, exactly. Because that's kind of her thing, is that she doesn't actually do much wrestling at this point. She gets them to do it and then comes in last second and tries to sneakily win and then what boy could look at that and think that is some sort of improper attitude I just don't understand that girl ain't right <laughs> you just call that girl yes I tell you what that girl ain't right I tell you what there's a really amazing moment where both Trish and Test get suplexed by all three members of yeah, the other team yeah god really really cool moment so see that's what I that was so unique for me because not having intergender matches you just don't see that in WWE having a woman and a man get suplexed by three other people at the same time. That it's was really, cool. really awesome. Now, Lita gets tagged in and probably one of my favourite five or so moves in the history of wrestling. But when Lita tags in and she literally, she, she gets the hot tag, she clears house. Yeah. And Tess and Albert, who are both like nearly seven foot, like and they were always portrayed as being big fucking bruisers. They weren't like little wimps or something. And Lita like does all these kick-ass moves and she's a hurricane ran on test, flips over, she dives to the outside. It's fucking incredible. She, yeah, I love the fact that she's the scary one out of her tag team. Yeah. She is the, the hot tag. Yeah. She's the, the hidden weapon. Yeah. And I guess <laughs> for me that kind of because then when Test eventually slams Lita and mm. it's like really like, oh my god. But for me, I kind of prefer that in the f- sense that it's kind of like Lita was kicking your ass a second ago and now a move has been done to Lita from, from you. And it, it, I like that much more than the whole kind of, like with the Dudley boys and the whole kind of, we're going to get her, you know? And oh, the yeah. woman's like, oh no! I love the fact that you had a character in Lita who was like, well, I'll probably beat up the guy actually. Oh know? yeah, I absolutely, I didn't, not for one second did I have any worry for Lita's health. I, I mean, obviously the moves were amazing and I was constantly going, <gasps> and oh my God. God and Jesus, but I didn't genuinely worry for her as a woman because she was fighting these two men. Because Jesus Christ, I mean, she's fucking Athletic. tough. Yeah, very wow. Very so. But I will say, um, after Lisa gets tagged in there and she does this amazing, like, powerful move and everything like that, you can hear the crowd chanting. Oh yes, the crowd chanting, the gross crowd chanting. We want puppies. Yeah, that's what Jerry Lawler used to call boobs. Yeah. I'm just going to say, if you're listening to this podcast and you were in that crowd, or you're one of those people that ever chanted, we want puppies, I hate you. Joe, it was a different time. We were no, all doing it. I'm sorry. The you, mood was you infectious. You can personally apologise to me and other women, but fucking hell. The gross. That made me so... I mean, I can understand it during Brian Panties matches or whatever, but Lita had just done... Some incredible moves. And again, Trish was doing really cool things and they were still chanting, we want puppies. Until, of course, Lita did... Uh, she did a superplex to yeah. Trish, which was this big... F- and then, yeah, they weren't chanting, we want puppies after no, that. No, they weren't. I, I really liked that. You know, the fact that they were able to just kind of... All right, shut the fuck up. Well, or they got know. bored of chanting it. They were chanting it long fucking enough. Yeah. They can't chant it forever. Uh, just so you know, yeah, because people kind of, I think... WWE has a very revisionist history in some respects. I think they like to think that like it was this field of shit, and then Trish and Lita came around and high five, and then no. you know it, it, it didn't work like that. You know there was they were working in an environment that was like... toxic. WWE did very little, it seems. I mean, obviously we'll, we'll go through more of this later, but like just this match alone, having Jerry Lawler in there, and I know he's still working for WWE as a commentator, even though he's not fucking that good anyway. Yeah. After all this shit he said, yeah. I mean, well, Christ. That's what the 
the average viewer wanted. I mean, that just know? means they are perpetuating this really, really gross thing, which makes me really hate WWE because they could have done something about it here and they didn't. Instead, oh, no, they're just they continuing the it. They're course, encouraging yeah. it, yeah. I mean, you had Jim... I mean, bless, you had Jim Ross on commentary yeah. always trying just to not, like, fucking make it a weird sex thing. Yeah, occasionally uh, Jerry Lawler will say something gross and Jim will be like, ew. Yeah, but, you know, there's there's only so, so much... So much he can do, yeah. Yeah, when you've got Jerry Lawler and, you know, 20,000 other people all kind of being... Creepy. Yeah. But yeah. I just think there's no surprise the crowd is chanting, we want puppies, when you've got someone like Joey Lawler on commentary. It's no surprise there's not too many women in the audience either. No. <laughs> you know? God. <laughs> Moonsault to Trish Stratus as she gets tied in and Lita knocks the stuffing out of her. The Hardy Boys and Lita win this one. But afterwards, the real story where Trish, like, orders her men to beat down Lita and the, both the Hardy Boys. And she whips Lita with the belt and the screams Ugh. from Lita are whoa, they're so horrible yeah that's so much more shocking Trish beating Lita with a belt than any kind of intergender <laughs> yeah just <laughs> Lita going news, ah! yeah. <laughs> it's horrible it makes me scared pretty awesome match I've always found I love really fast paced I love the involvement of the women in this one and I mean this one always just stands out because I mean we had done like you know 30 or so Attitude Era pay-per-views and this is the first time we were like fuck yeah women's wrestling even though it's obviously a small part <laughs> I had about 15 seconds but you know <laughs> but it's still I thought it was a really great match I don't know what you, your thoughts oh yeah on. no it's awesome and it was so unique as well even from looking at it now where obviously women's wrestling is probably the best it's ever been mm. Well, for NXT anyway, yeah. maybe not the main show. Lita came across especially well, I think, in, in this match because of the whole hot tag with the, yeah, the Hardy yeah, Boys. Yeah. Because maybe because I'm a bit more familiar with the Hardy Boys as I guess well. so, yeah. So I already know how they were. What I think is so impressive is the fact that Trish would literally, you know, two moves, has this character, has this story, yeah. has this presence, you know, showing that you can actually be... You can be a wrestler without being a wrestler, Ooh. if you know what I mean, which she really was, because that was what her character was, you know, it worked really, really well. I absolutely love her whole cowardly character thing, I think it's so funny, it's like Seth Rollins. But... Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know, I just love the idea of her having these two big henchmen yeah. hiding behind her the whole time, it's absolutely perfect, you know. Trish basically spent the rest of 2000, you know, as a heel, feuding with various people, never winning the belt or anything like that, but she was constantly getting better and better and better, you know, adding moves to her repertoire, but I mean, she was... You know, she was very basic at the start. She certainly crawled before she could walk, before she could run in that respect. Yeah. Wasn't until the end of 2000, start 2001, where she really got her first kind of quite high profile feud. And one we'll talk about briefly, I guess, which is her with Vince McMahon and the love affair story. All right, let's put this in context. Vince McMahon had his wife committed to an insane asylum because he had wanted to divorce her and the, that shock had put her into like a she had a nervous breakdown and Vince was like giving her medication to keep her sedated yeah and in the same time Vince McMahon claimed he wanted to find a new Mrs. McMahon who was like 20 years younger and all this stuff and so he started having this very obvious affair with Trish yeah and it was meant to be like he was trying to keep it secret but everyone knew and that led to a storyline where Stephanie figured out that you know Trish was seeing Vince and Stephanie was kind of worried that Vince was going to give you know all the power of the company to her as opposed to as opposed to Stephanie because she had earned it. So they had a big feud as well. You've seen some parts of this. Yeah, I feel bad in some respects because I can't offer a Jesus to that very shocking storyline because I'm already kind of aware of it because of I was there when you were watching the 
matches for the upcoming Attitude Era podcast yeah. episode that's going to cover that. And I remember just sitting there with you guys because you, you obviously all knew what was happening and mm. everything. This was totally new to me. I was just sitting there in shock. It made me depressed. Just like... It's a fucking bleak storyline. Yeah. When Vince McMahon does the midlife crisis storyline and you can only do the one, he goes both barrels, let's just say. Seriously. But I mean, I came across that part of that storyline anyway about just under a year ago yeah. out of context now you're familiar with with this story i've told you this before yeah, yeah it's yeah. how i discovered brian panty's matches existed basically but i did a bit of googling i was like what's this then and then in the related videos it's not like me like you know where your parents sit you down when you're certain yeah, age and explain and that you. sometimes women want to take each other's clothes off yeah. in a competitive environment and the birds and the bees <laughs> and um, the bras and the panties and the bras and the panties <laughs> And it came up as a related video. Mm. So first of all, I'll just quickly explain what Brian Panties matches are, because I've just realised we've not done that yet, and there are new lessons here. So Brian Panties matches, basically, two women wearing clothes, some of them anyway, have to wrestle each other's clothes off until they are <laughs> Wrestle in, them off, yes. Until they are in just their bra and their pants. Yeah, and then the other person is declared the winner. Yeah. There's often a lot of squirming yeah. and sometimes spanking, yeah. it seems. I've not seen that many, only a couple. I first saw when I did a bit of uh, investigative Googling to try and find out, you know, the problematic aspects of wrestling. It was before we started this podcast and I was a bit curious. And I remember... This video with Trish came up as a related related video. Trish being made to get on her hands and knees and mm-hmm. bark like a dog. And after he made her take her clothes off in the ring, basically. After that. Yeah. The storyline went, Trish and Stephanie fought each other. No way out of 2001. I think it's an incredible match because it's two essentially non-wrestlers who were in what was essentially a main event feud and they beat the shit out of each other and it was really, really over. Um... That's not to say there's not loads of like sexual stuff in it. There definitely is, but after that match where Stephanie had won, they had Vincent kind of said he was tired of Trish Stratus and he did this whole thing where he like poured like this like you know fake crap stuff on her and he was like oh ah, I'm sick of you you're you're just a toy and I'm I'm tired of playing with you. So then the next week on Raw, Trish Stratus came out and you think that she's like I'm gonna you know teach Insect Man a lesson. But instead, she like she's like starts grovelling, saying, "Oh please, I'm so sorry. Take me back. I'm so pathetic. I'll do anything." Da 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 da. And then Vince is like, "Ah, you'll do anything, huh? Then take off your clothes and bark like a dog." Now this wasn't shown in the UK at the time. I remember this when watching Raw and like literally nothing happened. And then the next week they're like, kind of, "Oh my god, I can't believe what happened with Trish Stratus. It was so disgusting." I was like, "What happened?" Because there was no YouTube or anything. We didn't right. know. It was only you know quite a bit later on that I actually found out that this whole bark like a dog thing came on TV and all that. So Vince made her do all this embarrassing stuff, but the idea was that Trish was actually doing it to get back at Vince. And then later on at WrestleMania, when Vince was fighting his son in an unrelated matter, uh, Trish and Vince's ex-wife kind of bandied together to teach Vince a lesson, and Trish kept Vince's ex-wife off her medications. Trish slapped him, basically. That was meant to be the big comeuppance. Okay. Now, Vince McMahon, he's been asked about this storyline a number of times. It's really weird, like, fucking sexual power fantasy, basically, of making a woman strip and bark like a dog in front of an entire audience. And he said that, like, oh, it's okay, or don't judge it, because that was only part of the story. And the evil Mr. McMahon character got his comeuppance in the end from Trish, who had been wronged by Vince. Right. Now, she just slapped him. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be at WrestleMania, but I still think it stands as probably the creepiest thing that wrestling has ever well, done. 
I was going to say, because after I saw that video, I had a panic attack in a public bathroom and it took me almost a full hour to be able to actually leave. That... It's horrible. That put me... I almost stopped... I almost then said, like, came home and said, I don't know if I can watch wrestling again. That If you had honestly, a podcast at the time, you probably would have cancelled it. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have been... I think it's only because I know that exists and I'm kind of aware that that's one of the worst things that's I'd say, happened. I mean, in terms of... You know, having a whole men are better than women, you know, know your place. I think it's probably the worst thing ever. Yeah. Because they've done stuff like that before where you've had like misogynistic stuff, but people have gotten their comeuppance, at least to a proper extent. Yeah. Vince got his comeuppance from like so many other people on, on that night that it felt like it was an afterthought. Like, oh yeah, by the way, the woman he made bark like a dog and covered in shit it's and just, strip off yeah. her toes. It's you just know. such a gross male power fantasy, which I just it just doesn't go anywhere and it's not really much of a lesson to learn is it hey boys and young men at home don't you dare humiliate a woman like that okay don't you cover her in shit and take off her clothes and make her bark like a dog cause someday when you least expect it when you're having a real bad day they'll add to those worries by slapping you yeah and no one wants to deal with that mm-hmm. you know god knows that's why I've not done it I've been scared straight thanks WWE but I think that was something that was so vile and perverse that even horny teenagers were creeped out by it. Yeah. I mean, I you can attest to the fact that when I came home after that, I was like, I had a big cry and you had to go, look, that's one of the worst things you will see. It doesn't get worse than that. Because I think I was kind of in my head. I'd gotten the, the idea that that was like, maybe that's what would happen just generally. Well, I think when you, you think that you, when you hear like, oh, there were bra and panties matches and then you see this, well, then you kind of will naturally assume yeah. that this is. So I think it's kind of important to always know that you know, Trish was coming up in a time where this was the norm and the stuff that she was doing, she was still doing it against the backdrop of sexist WWE, you know, who yeah. really, in fairness, I know you, you try and find that clip on YouTube and Jesus Christ, WWE will try and take it down as soon as they can. They are not proud of that. Nope. They are def- not even in the kind of wackiest, whoa, what the no. fuck were you thinking moments? They will never ever 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 bear witness to that like they're so ashamed of it good and they they fucking should be be, you know but Trish did come out of that in one or two favourable ways number one she was a much bigger star as a result and number two she became a massive face as a result she was like the first female character to really get one up on Vince that didn't also happen to share a surname of McMahon (laughs) Um, so that was important and Trish then at the end of 2001 riding that momentum and training a lot more became the women's champion and that was a belt which has really hadn't meant a lot in a while. And she really worked quite hard to make it mean something again. Now, when Trish was champion in early 2002 and whatnot, you did still have her having things like bra and panties matches and stuff. That did happen. Because mm-hmm. you still had model wrestlers, you know, model wrestlers in inverted commas. People like Stacey Keebler and Terry and stuff who we saw were still there. And yeah. they were still catering to the male crowd by giving them these sexualized matches. At the same time, however, we were fortunate that we did get to see other things happening, like this next match, which is Trish Stratus taking on Victoria in a fucking hardcore match for the Women's Championship at Survivor Series 2002. What a breath of fresh air. That's something I never thought I'd see. Yeah. Like, and as well, like a hardcore match and not a hardcore match where all the weapons are like kind of paddles. silly, silly <laughs> women weapons or paddles. Oh, it's a nipple tassel. Oh, oh no, it's fluffy handcuffs, you know? So that was awesome. I think it was... Um, it was an important step in women's wrestling to yeah. show that this could happen. And Trish was involved in a lot of firsts. First women's hardcore match, first main event of a TV show with women in it. She was involved in main event stuff with The Rock and Triple H as well, with Lita. So she was a person who was a pioneer in that respect. This match, though, Trish and Victoria, 
What a weird setup for it. They did the whole thing that Victoria, who is an awesome women's wrestler, one of my faves, the whole story is that she was also a fitness model and was pissed off that Trish was successful. And therefore, because she was a woman, she was crazy with anger and rage. Zin, 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 zin. They actually used the violins from the film Psycho. I'm Victoria. Promo. And I'm upset. Run, 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 run. Oh no. <laughs> ah. So we found going into this match was that Trish Stratus was very, very fortunate in some respects, you could say, but she was, you know, she wasn't the only woman woman on the roster who could wrestle. There were a lot of great res- women's wrestlers on the roster at the time. But much like John Cena, she had wrestling ability to a certain standard, you know, that there was required to be a top person. Yeah. But also as well, she was like, you know, the most marketable, most beautiful, you know, she was un- unquestionably, she was a star. You know, and she did fit into their mold of what they think a woman should look like or a woman's yeah. wrestler should look like or a poster child for the company or for, for young boys to, to fall in love with. So Messed a bit over. Yeah, basically. But she was <laughs> but she was, however, an innovator and you know, being that very acceptable face of the division for the WWE brass, she did manage to parlay that into some meaningful changes. And the fact that yes, you got Trish Stratus here who's still very much a poster child and someone who is being pushed as being a very beautiful and desirable woman, but she's in a hardcore match, which is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. And the change in style as well is very evident in this match as well. You're not getting... I mean, women's wrestling before, you know, the the moveset was hair pull, throwing them by their hair, slap, hair pull on the ground. I will say, to the credit of a lot of women's wrestlers back at the time... Wow, they can make a hair pull dramatic. Oh, shit, yeah. I mean, Christ, Trish being thrown across the ring by her hair yeah, is scary a sight stuff. to be seen. Wow. And Victoria is an incredible wrestler, and, the, and what Trish was really fortunate was was that while she was kind of getting better and still not there 100%, she was wrestling women like Victoria or Molly Holly or Jazz. These are women who had wrestled in other companies. So Victoria wasn't a fitness model then? I think she was way, way back, but she had wrestled, you know... But her character was a... Yeah, her character was, yeah. okay. Trish was unfortunate in the fact that she wrestled all these very kind of, you know, renowned women's wrestlers, and she learned a lot from them. She was constantly learning and making herself better. Even after her training was over, she was wrestling women that she could get better with, which was awesome for her, you know, and for, for the division. The use of weapons in this match, it's scary. I don't know what it is, but just seeing women using weapons, you see it so rarely, it really made me flinch. Yeah. Particularly when Victoria splats Trish in the face with a garbage can lid. And Victoria getting flipped into a bin as well at one point. Oh, Holy God, shit. Yeah. Another Lawlerism here. Ah. Pretty little eyes. Pretty little puppies. Pretty yeah. little eyes. Pretty little puppies. Yep. Who was he saying that in relation to? I think it was Trish. Okay. Probably, because he seems to be obsessed with Trish. I noticed, actually, he makes, like, a hundred times more sexualised comments about Trish than any other wrestler that she's up against. And it doesn't matter as well, because Trish is meant to be this, like, fucking fiery, plucky baby face here, compared to the last match where she's meant to be this kind of... You know, naughty, sexy, yeah, you know, heel. wimp or whatever, heel. And he's, exa- he's exactly the same. Exactly the same, yeah. Exactly the same. Which is why I hate him so much. So fucking it, I just feel like he just targets her. Like, yeah, she's really, really hot. We get it, Jerry Lawler. We have eyes. I wonder if we should tweet Jerry and ask him if he thinks that Trish Stratus is hot. Hey, there's some cloudiness surrounding that. I'm not entirely sure if he does. Hmm. Hmm. Who knows? We should find out. The spot with the ironing board, which led you to say, man, it must be very, very difficult in these kind of matches that you have a lot of pressure to like 
set up things like tables yeah. or all that. Because it's something that I always think about when I watch wrestling. But I noticed in this, obviously, because Trish is tiny. She and is. she must be only my height. Uh, I see she's a little bit taller, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But Christ, I mean, her and Victoria, they set up those tables. The iron, I've set up ironing boards before. They are a pain. I wouldn't like I, to try and set one up in Madison no. Square Garden in fucking arena of crap. I struggle just on my own, let yeah. alone in front of a huge audience and then having to wedge it into a ring to the precision of which, if you're going to throw someone through it, you can't kill them. Yeah. Fucking hell. Victoria gets absolutely blasted by Trish with a garbage can, and she actually gets bloody all over her yeah, mouth. Yeah, such a cool look, though. It's really awesome. I kind awesome. of want that as my, my desktop background picture on my computer. Literally one of maybe three occasions in the history of like mainstream women's wrestling where blood has been... You know, wow. blood has been shed, Jerry. You know, it was very, very scary to see. I like when Victoria took out the mirror as well from Deep the Ring. She's like, it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. I mean, there were some botchy moments in this match, but you're always going to have that in like a um, in a kind of a gimmick match. And I would point out as well, it's not as if these guys were wrestling hardcore matches routinely. No. I mean, when women were trained to wrestle, they wouldn't be trained how to give weapon shots or chair shots or any of these spots because, well, you're not going to be using those because you're women. Whereas like men, if they're doing wrestling training, you know they will have to learn at a certain point how to use a weapon or whatnot. So I mean, I think it's quite unfair to lambast the smash and kind of go, "Oh, there was a botch here, a botch there." I think there was. Trish like stood on the mirror at one point. You could see she was walking around and her foot cracked the mirror. And they were obviously going to use that for something, and they didn't because it was already I cracked. I didn't even notice. And bearing in mind, I mean, I've actually taken so few notes for this match because I didn't want to look away in case I missed something. Because obviously, you pointed out the matches are quite short. Yeah, because you were like, "Why are they, they?" You were like. They jam in so much. Yeah. I was like, well, that's because these matches are five or ten minutes max, yeah. including entrances. Yeah. So Not that's why they're breakneck speed. So I didn't, I barely blinked or looked away and yeah, yeah I didn't notice any of these botches but I mean to be fair I'm obviously quite new I'm not technically visioned you have to become a jaded fan before you start picking yeah, out yeah I wonder if that's <laughs> I was just so impressed by it all that I didn't notice anything going I yeah. didn't notice her stepping on the mirror I don't think that would have put me off even if I had noticed yeah yeah true because I don't care it was still fun like it's as if yeah. they didn't do cool stuff they still did cool stuff I think like if I, I think I would maybe judge it more harshly if it was a men's match because, like, I guess there's so much of it, the standard has to be that much higher. But like you said, this is so unique. Absolutely. How to Botchamania will be coming out eventually, just well. so you know. <laughs> Victoria picks up the win this one after unloading a fire extinguisher on poor old Trish Stratus and then kicking her in the face and giving her a suplex. Um, awesome win for Victoria. This was not obviously a diva's revolution. They weren't touting it as such. But Jesus Christ, it was a damn sight better than what we were used to. And you had people then like Victoria, Molly Holly, Gail Kim coming in. I mean, a year or two after this, two women, Victoria and Lita, had a cage match. Which again, was a first for women. Never been done before. Never had a women's cage match before. So I'm not saying that it ushered in this whole era of like, and now women do hardcore matches. But at least they were kind of confident enough in the women that they could do these different things. I genuinely don't think revolution comes around just by announcing that it will do. I think that's, in fact, if anything, that's an easy way for it to not happen because then you've gone, oh, well, we've announced it now. It's like the current Divas Revolution. They've announced it, so they don't actually have to do anything. Didn't you see the hashtag, there's been a revolution? Yeah, there's a hashtag and everything. Exactly. I think it's stuff like this. It's little bits of progress, of evidence, of amazing talent and fun matches that people want to watch again and again. I think it's going to make the difference. Each of these little tiny milestones is just kind of like, you know, it's, it, they're small, but they're still milestones, I would, would argue. And, yeah. you know, you can't argue with the fact that Trish Stratus 
tended to be involved one way or another in most of these uh, milestones. Our next match which we watched was touted by many and tweeted in by even more as Trish's greatest match or one we had to, had to, had to watch which was Trish Stratus taking on Mickey James for the Women's Championship at WrestleMania 22. Like Trish had spent the following four years after you know the match we last pre- watched previously just basically being the face of the division. She had a brief run as a heel but it was mostly as the John Cena of women's wrestling, you know, that was basically what she was. Some people, I think, got a little sick of her in some respects, which we evidence here by the heel crowd booing Trish, even though she's the good guy in this encounter. What was very funny about this is that we were watching WrestleMania 22, which is one of my favourite shows of all time, and right before we got into this match, because I wanted to see the uh, the hype-up video for this, but you don't bring it to the start of the hype-up video on the stupid network, because so you have to rewind. And I accidentally rewinded a bit too much, and Joe saw the boogeyman and got very freaked out. He's oh, the guy eating the worms. Oh, God. Yeah. That's his name? The boogeyman, and he's coming to get you. What's that? <laughs> I mean... Were you disgusted by boogeyman eating worms? Yes. I don't I know if there's enough Boogeyman to justify a whole how-to Boogeyman episode. I don't want a how-to episode on him eating worms. I mean, I'll answer the one question which you probably have. Yes, the worms were real. And yes, he got sick. All the time. Why did he do it? <laughs> because this business, Joe, the love of the business. I felt really bad for Booker T. Yeah, Jesus, he was in that match as well. In yeah. the ring with this man-eating worms. But we have Mickey James taking on Trish Stratus here in one of probably... Depending on which way you look at it, one of the most infamous or one of the most famous storylines in women's wrestling of all time, which is Mickey James, the super crazy hyper fan who's obsessed with Trish Stratus and starts off by doing things like cosplaying as Trish Stratus or always like running out to save her in matches and putting herself in harm's way to help Trish and getting really annoyed if people wouldn't agree that Trish is the greatest champion of all time and all mm. this stuff. Which, like most things in wrestling, then took a bit of a weird turn and became more of a lesbian storyline where she was in love with Trish Stratus. Yeah. Because that's what gets the ratings, I guess. I mean, I always think, and they've tried a few times in different promotions and whatnot to do the whole lesbian lover storyline or whatnot, but invariably, the lesbian is always the heel. And they're waking out that, like, lesbian... It's like, it feeds into the male fear of of gay. Like, oh, he's going to get me. Oh, don't kiss me. And they're kind of slamming that onto a women's storyline. Oh, no, get her away. Lesbian, don't kiss me, you know? Not only that, but also the incredibly offensive gimmick of, you know, women being obsessed to something to the point of it being, like, psychotic and that being a bad thing. Yeah, Mickey James is not only is she a lesbian, she's also got mental illness, so ha 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 people with psychoses, they're always the villains, aren't they? Those I was gonna say no good people with mental illness. I'm pretty sure there are quite a few lesbians who possibly even have mental illness who listen to this and they're probably all horrible evil people. All of them, yeah. All of you no good dirty heels. You just can't accept that Tristratus is a beautiful straight woman. <laughs> She's ours, not yours. She's for men only. You're not allowed to have her. So saith Vince McMahon. Also, it ties into the whole thing which I also don't like. Now, don't get me wrong. I think this rivalry is a kind of cool idea in, in a... If it wasn't... It didn't have all its problems. I think it'd be really awesome because I love rivalries and stuff. I, I like the fact that they did... I mean, I love the stalker story, you know, super fan aspect of it. But the fact that they just went into then that she wanted to kiss her and, you know... Mm, yeah. And, of course, in the typical WWE thing, they never actually said it. They never said, you know, I want to kiss you. I have feelings for you. It's just kind of like, 
they always alluded to it. They would never say, oh, she's a lesbian, JR. Mm. No actual kinda, representation. No, they're kind of like, oh, she's just crazy, JR. You That's know? crazy. Oh, fucking hell. Um, but yeah, it also ties into the whole thing, which I don't like, of the idea of female fans being somehow bad. Super obsessed. Uh, oh, those knows. women being fans of things too much, just like they're always known to be. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck right off. The really scary bit of this as well, this is like the, the last bit of the hype up they did beforehand, which is Mickey James, like she kidnaps Trish's best friend and like bangs <laughs> and gags her. And then Trish comes to beat her up and like Mickey's got this massive bloody nose and she's she's got like pigtails and this like inky dinky kind of hello, <laughs> but she's got this bloody face and this scary eyes. Mickey James scares me. She's so here. cool. I really like her whole character. Like, awesome yeah, storyline for that. The sense. pink pigtails and the cutesy pastely colors and the her acting is really good as well. Like the way she just has this kind of total cutesy face, and then she completely like changes. But sinister. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even though Trish had done a lot of good in terms of. Um, you know, changing women's wrestling in terms of, you know, different characters and whatnot. If you were a heel, it was either a, you're sexy and therefore you're a heel. Yeah. Or you are a prude, which is what Muddy Holly's thing was. Mm. Or you are crazy. Yeah. And those are the kind of three main ones. And Mickey was given, well, you're crazy. That's going to be your gimmick. But she did try and make it different. Because, I mean, Victoria's thing was also, oh, she's crazy. But, you know, this was a much more... A lot more thought, I think, almost went into this. Yeah. Well, she had to seem, seem a lot more character development. Because she starts off being her best friend. Yeah. And then, you know, and women, like, to actually have a storyline, this played off over like, five months thereabouts. Mm. It was like a long storyline. To actually get development and characters change and have a beginning, a middle and an end and an actual feud. That was, like, very important in women's wrestling. I'm not saying this is, like, a, you know, there's no problems with the storyline. There obviously is. Yeah. But even just for that alone, I think this, this storyline. I agree, yeah did a big thing and once again Trish Stratus finds herself at the centre of that because she was the the star and able to carry that and I don't think Mickey's scariness would have worked if you didn't have a really believable Trish Stratus like looking so kind of like mortified but embarrassed and not wanting to make a big deal and not wanting to kind of hurt her feelings it was so subtle because she was like you're weird get away she's like I know you Mickey you're it took like months for her to actually work up the courage to say, Mickey, could you just leave me alone because you're a bit scary? Because she was scared of her. Yeah. And that was the layers of a woman's story. You never got that, you know? The only thing is, I feel it would just be a hundred times more realistic if it was a creepy male fan. Yeah, definitely. And building up the courage to go, actually, mate, you're taking this a bit far. But obviously Wanted I love the fact. all the time. Yeah, all right. Loads of pictures with his hand really <laughs> close to her waist, but not quite there. Not quite there. Having to pay 35 pounds every single time, you know? But Mickey James... Yeah, she came across very, very well, I think, in, in certain respects, yeah. I must say, you did go wow for a lot more outfits in this episode than possibly any other episode. Tristratus, oh, I love the outfits, yeah. um, Tristratus and most of her opponents really uh, wowed you in the, the wardrobe department, it seems. Victoria's outfit in the last one. Oh, that was awesome. I want that, honestly, for myself, just to go out partying, whatever. <laughs> just for around the house. <laughs> around the house. I like the idea of wearing it out so someone can actually see it, though. Not for around the house. Yeah, I see. <laughs> it's an awesome outfit. But yeah, all the outfits I thought were fantastic. Mickey James's outfit was really cool. I loved the fact that she was in this sort of pastely pink colours and, and Trish was in this black... I can't imagine what Trish It's kind of like a black leather type thing that had like a connecty bit. Yeah. I did like that Mickey James had kind of a Primark uh, look, you know, with the, yeah. the cardigan, the undershirt. It's actually 
actually the fluffy belt, the fluffy shoes. It's actually really, really similar to what I wore when I was fourteen. Really? Yeah, it's really interesting me watching all these because a lot of them it's very two thousands fashion. Yeah. I had that whole crop pink top with the short mini skirt type thing and in the pink and stuff. It was real like kind of like a manic pixie dream girl outfit type thing. I really like that they didn't just go with the usual you know, oh, you're a bad guy and you're crazy, so here's your here's your black spandex, yeah. you know, with the, the crazy purple bit on the side, you know. It was like Mickey James dressing up like just like a regular, hello, hi, you know. <laughs> that was awesome. The spot at the start where Mickey James's leg gets pulled into the splits. Ooh. Whoa! Oh my God, that's a move I wish I saw more often. Yeah. Because that's really cool. Fucking awesome. I mean, the number of wrestlers who must be able to do the splits. Not that many. Oh no, I, I mean, I could, I used to be able to do the splits. Cameron does, a, does the splits with a leg drop. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, that, <laughs> so she, she cool. can do that. What was great about watching this match as well was that you got to see basically Trish really coming into her own in terms of her wrestling style. And she had a lot of spots now, which are evident to this match, which have become... A staple of her of her moveset things like the whirly bird where she put her two feet on the head and started so spinning cool. herself around really really in, in, impressive and also as well what's dubbed the the matrish move so cool how awesome is that so awesome i love that move he's really impressive that she could do that no one ever done it before i can't believe no one had ever done yeah. that before but it obviously takes a lot to actually go on your heels all the way back, flip back like that, and then get yourself back up without using your hands. Seriously. I mean, the, I can't imagine how hard that must be without heels. Unbelievable. Really unbelievable. <laughs> so, Mickey James gets some cheers from the crowd. And this is why they don't do WrestleMania in small buildings anymore, because all the super fans who are just fucking heels come and ruin it. Yeah. Because <laughs> Trish ends up getting booed, and Mickey gets cheered quite a bit, and the commentators are kind of like, um, I guess they identify with her. Speaking of uh, the commentators, they've got some more Jerry Lawler comments here. Oh, man! I'd give up celibacy for her, JR! <sighs> Mickey James reverses Trish Stratus's move by touching her downstairs in a very WTF moment. Well, not just touch, she grabbed her. Oh, yeah. She did. Now, what you saw was the edited version of that, honey. What? Yeah, Mickey James, and she got in a lot of trouble for doing this. In front of the live crowd. It was caught in the original live feed of it, but in every DVD and release of it since, it's been cut out. But after doing that, Mickey turned to the crowd with a big smile and did the. She put her hands into a V and rubbed it up against her face like that and did oh a big smile. Oh my god. She got in so much trouble for that, apparently. Like, Why? Because it was like, that's not part. You can't do that. Oh, come on. It was quite like. I guess it was, it was shocking to see in wrestling, I guess, that someone would do that. What a hand gesture. Well, yeah, but the. the Specifically making reference to a vagina. I don't think that's ever happened in... Oral sex doesn't exist. I think it's funny that they thought it was appropriate for, like, Mickey to, like, against Trish's will, kiss her when her face is covered in blood, but her actually making any sort of follow-up reference to the lesbian nature of this angle, no, no, no. It's okay for her to non-consensually grab the vagina of a face woman... But God forbid that she then do a sexual gesture involving a vagina. But it's funny because they spent all this angle kind of going, she's a lesbian, be afraid, be very afraid. And then she actually does kind of like something which is very much a straight. Now she is attracted to women, you know. But no, because it involves genitalia. They were very, very, very touchy about that. And uh, really like, some people say it like it really damaged Mickey's career actually because it was on such a big stage and a big match. Big feud, and Vince apparently hated that they did that. It's too far. It's too far. Only insinuate. Ah, God damn, I don't need to know that they've not got a penis like me. God damn it. Come on. <laughs> so Mickey does a spin kick and wins this match. 
a very, very interesting one. I mean, a really physical, competitive match. I love the whole, you know, Trish had kicked the ring post earlier in the match, and the whole match was Mickey working on Trish's leg. Which yeah, again, they did that. You never see that in wrestling for so women. So much. Where they actually focus on a body part. That was always a very male thing, you know, focusing on a body part, wearing someone down. I That's love a, that. So, honestly, I... That made the match that much more exciting. Great psychology, in it, I so thought. good, yeah. And I mean, you know, not without its problems, obviously. But the two of these women really played into the storyline, and I always love when it's kind of the bell rings and you can the story is still going on. Yeah, you know, the bell rings and there it's still a crazy stalker who's got a lesbian crush on her idol who mm. wants something to do with her. It's not as if you know the bell rings and then it's like okay headlocks. So, you know, throughout the match, you felt that Mickey was this character and Trish was this character. I thought it was. One of the best women's matches ever, in in my opinion. I don't know what you thought of it. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was real. Honestly, I enjoyed it. All of these matches so much. I think is it worth bearing in mind to say that whole thing about you know? I mean, it, it's. I don't want people to think that we're like kind of just picking out all the problematic stuff and kind of going, oh, women's wrestling is awful. I mean, it is, you can enjoy women's wrestling. Oh, and all I these am things. saying yeah. without a doubt, all these matches we've watched, I loved. I am able to enjoy a match and also go, yeah, but that bit was shit shame about that so you're not gonna yeah i mean i don't think we're trying to say people are kind of like, oh don't watch this stuff because it you know they no oh they, my god they, watch they this mis- stuff yeah they, they mishandled you know they represented lesbians wrong yeah I mean, they get loads of shit wrong but i mean let's just say take it for what it is it's just pointing out the, the shortcomings yeah you know by doing that hopefully maybe it lets us all kind of collectively kind of realize that hey we might be able to do something like this in the future but not have those shortcomings and improve do you know what it's like it's like watching Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. hating the Ewoks like mm. I do, and going, you know what, I wish that they were less shit, because apart from them, that movie's awesome. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Easy peasy. The next match we watched for Trish Stratus, and something of a surprise, I don't know if it surprised you, that in as early as 2006, later on that year, after WrestleMania 22, we see Trish Stratus taking on Lita, in a retirement match. So young. Trish leaving the wrestling world, and her own words, if you're going to go out, you might as well go out on top. So one last time, these two have wrestled off. They I mean they main evented Raw, which is a match I definitely suggest people check out. It's not on the network, but do track it down. So Trish and Lita, obviously two people who's, whose entire careers are intertwined, and I think there's no Trish Stratus without Lita, and no Lita without Trish Stratus. So it was only fitting that these two would face off in Trish's last match. I had mixed feelings watching this back in the day, because I was like, You've already said that you're retiring, so there's no, there's nothing, there's no story to tell in this match. You know, I was kind of like, oh, well, it's, it's already all said and done. That's not true. But I, I was dead wrong, because I used to think that if you're going to retire, it has to be someone runs you out of town, or, you know, oh my god, someone has taken you out. I always, I'm kind of of the opinion that if you are a wrestling character, and you're leaving, it should be a storyline leaving, if you know what I mean. I think they set this up really well. But I did like the idea, yeah, that Trish wants to retire, go out on top, yeah. and Lita, who's the heel here, like, she blabbed to the, to the website and told them that, and Trish wanted to make a big announcement but instead it came out that way yeah it's like a little WWE.com article saying Trish is retiring Lee is pulling the face going ha ha <laughs> and then as well she hopes to win the final final ever match with uh, her and Trish and if Trish wins this uh, match she would have become a record seven time women's champion which had never been done like six wow. was, the, was the absolute um, top that had ever been done so Trish obviously going into this match like at the top of her game the stakes are high oh yeah so I still think you know, looking back in retrospect, I'm glad we watched this match because I think it gave made me ease up a little bit. It's possible to have this whole dignified retirement business and it actually still be a really compelling story. 
this match is fucking brilliant. Um, Trish Stratus and Lita, the two of them know each other so well. I mean, Lita's probably one of the main reasons Trish knows how to wrestle. Those two, you know, work together when Trish could barely scrape together a move or two. And now the two of them, at the absolute peak of their career, they're doing all the signature spots. I fucking absolutely loved it. There's a really amazing part where Lita reverses Trish's corner, Hurricane Rana, and then they both start beating the bejesus out of each other while like Trish is kind of like held up on her shoulders. They're beating each other up. And then when Lita, at one point, Trish was up on the ring and Lita just tossed her and Trish went flying like two-thirds across I, the ring. Oh my God. I love how far Lita is able to throw Trish. Lita's strong. They just work so well together because Trish is so... I don't want to say nimble. I mean, she is nimble, but like the way she gets flung... She can ragdoll, basically. Yes, yeah. exactly. And Lita is so strong that she's able to properly throw her. Yeah. It's so satisfying I mean, for the real fun. nerds amongst you, she is the physics of the baddies in Max Payne 2 on the PlayStation 2. If you're really paying <laughs> attention, you know, that's how she flies. But she fucking flies. Lita misses her moonsault at one point and Trish then goes for her finisher but gets dumped to the outside and the end of this match comes when Trish puts on uh, the sharpshooter which is a move I guess that only really had significance when you kind of take into account Trish's Canadian heritage. This was in Canada, Trish is from Canada, the big, oh, right. biggest wrestler in the history of Canadian wrestling is a guy called Brett the Hitman Hart. I can tell you that Joe likes his entrance music from uh, playing 2K16. I do. Yeah. Oh, was... I like Bret Hart. Bret Hart's great, yeah. Can't wait to do Bret Hart in an episode. That'll be a real... Coming up at some point, I'm sure. But Trish puts in um, Bret Hart's finishing move, the sharpshooter. Right. In Montreal, the sharpshooter, there's a big connection there. So seeing Trish do that and winning the championship with that in her last match, like everyone is freaks the fuck out. Jim Ross gives it a real like main event call. I really, really like that. What Jerry was like a little bit more reserved in this one, was he? Uh, yeah, actually, I didn't have. Oh no, hang on. No, he did say uh, at one point when Lisa hits Trish in the face, he says, "Not the pretty face." <laughs> Poor old Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Trish retiring here on top. Jerry's crying inside because he's got no one he can make lecherous comments to. With no that, one with that much enthusiasm. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's the aspect yeah. there. Bear that one in mind. This, I think, if you want to watch like a definitive Trish match, this this will be it. I know it's a retirement match, but like it's her at the top of her game. She's not like learning. She's there and she's with Lita and those two know each so other. So cool. I mean, Steve Austin and The Rock is the people always say is like kind of the, the main feud for, for the male, like Rock and Austin or whatever. Trish and Lita. Yeah. I mean, whoever you say is the biggest female wrestler of all time. No one can doubt that Trish and Lita is the greatest female feud of all yeah. time. And that will get its own um, episode at one point down the line yeah. as well. And what do you think of Trish's retirement match? So good. And it's great as well to see her go out on top with such a good match. She did a disservice in some respects in that when she left, there was a fucking gaping hole on that roster. They, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when John Cena has recently yeah. took a bit of time off and you're like, fucking hell, we relied on him. And when Trish left, it was like, whoa, we relied on her because she was the only person who they consistently put over as being a big superstar. Yeah. And when she was gone, the women's division had no superstars. So did they not have any kind of... I always imagine with these situations, although I may be totally wrong, that if you're going to retire, you actually have to give quite a bit of notice. Oh, she would have given them notice, yeah. yeah. But I mean, that doesn't... They, would they, they not then have the opportunity to prepare themselves accordingly? Yeah, but you can't undo years of bad booking. I'm not saying... You know? Oh, I see, yeah. So it's kind of like they turned Mickey face. Uh, she became like the kind of the, the face of the division then. But again, you know, Mickey... Did they not have any face 
female wrestlers then? Oh, they did. They did. But I mean, it just no, seems odd to turn someone face to. But you see, their their main star was someone like Trish, who was like she had the looks and she had the the wrestling ability. Yeah. And, and they didn't have any other face wrestlers who who had ticked the wrestling both of those boxes because in their mind, Mickey James isn't pretty enough, basically. Yeah, not got for, the look, which is horrible, but it's true. Candice Michelle would have been someone else. Uh, she's like a former Playboy model, and she was. She, they loved her, and she she looked amazing, but she couldn't wrestle worth a lick. And they tried to the whole, oh, she's getting better. The amount of times they had a storyline, or a, um, the main feud was kind of the female face who was in in their favour at the moment was doing the whole oh but she's getting really better <laughs> Kelly Kelly's another one that did it with Maria's someone there's, I could go on and people say Trish is responsible for the, the big downturn in wrestling because that made WWE keep kind of going well we want we want another Trish we want someone who's a model who can also wrestle and be a fucking superstar and they went through every fucking model on the planet who wanted to do wrestling doesn't, and none of them became a star like Trish did. It doesn't really seem fair to blame Trish for it's that. Not, it's not her fault. It's their fault, I mean, obviously, yeah. I think it's really good she retired when she did. I mean, sorry, but I think the gap of her leaving is entirely WWE's fault. Yeah. And her retiring that young is great because it means she didn't A, die, B, end up with some terrible, shocking abuse story or something like that. She didn't end up being a racist having to retire that way. I mean, there's lots of really bad ways to go out. It's something you and I have spoken about before. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's so few cases of wrestlers retiring and staying retired and going out on top. Similar things happened before when big stars have left. Yeah. But, I mean, just because it was a division. And, honestly, WWE really kind of proved to the world, which is if they didn't have the stars, they couldn't be arsed. Yeah. They just kind of like, right, they'll be the star. Oh, they're not a star? Well, I guess women's wrestling doesn't draw, you know, two minutes for the women's match this week. All right, she's the star. What's that? We're not drawing? Okay, no championship match in the pay-per-view this for time. For sake. You know? Blaming the women for what WWE has done wrong. They basically wrong. did, you know. And I mean, they attract. I mean, they attracted the wrong type of people. They had specific demands. They sent in casting calls. Yeah. They did these diva searches where they wanted bikini and fitness models to come in so they could train them to wrestle. And they trained them for like six months to a year. And then they put them on TV and they weren't a superstar and they got pissed off. So what about, I mean, it sounds like there were all these amazing other wrestlers, though, who came from similar or... or Victoria. What yeah. was Why could she she's not? not? She's not the, the, the pretty, beautiful... She is! She's oh, I know. bloody gorgeous! Trust me, I'm well aware. Uh, but she doesn't fit their mould, you know? Um, if people think it's bad when, like, with the male roster, where they're kind of like, oh, they say he's too small or whatnot, you know, oh, Jericho, Daniel Bryan, all these great wrestlers, they don't get pushed because they're not big enough. It's ten times worse for the women, because not only is there the, the standard things of you have to be a star, but they have a certain, you have to look a certain way. I imagine things as well, if you have to be a certain size to be a male wrestler, I'm guessing the same thing happens with the women as well. So oh, breast absolutely. Size, and none of those people who I mentioned earlier there. didn't have breast implants. Really? You know, that's, again, that was just... They wanted another Trish Stratus, the, and a lot of those women as well were, were blonde. You know, it's a, it was a, a thing that they were just kind of they were pushing, and it's not. I don't think it's Trish's fault. She left the the gap there, but it's it was up to WWE to fill well, it. Well, exactly, yeah. And I mean, say what you will about the Divas Revolution at the moment, but they are at least challenging some of those old stereotypes because even the likes of Paige and Charlotte, okay, and Becky Lynch are kind of atypical for them again I mean I don't think it's Trisha's fault no but an amazing career wouldn't it have been awesome though if Trisha had stayed on to do coaching yeah and I think when she did Tough Enough was something you mentioned it was really cool to see her back in that yeah. environment and I'm kind of hoping now that you know 
you're seeing it maybe with people like Natalia on the main roster. They might actually start using, you know, it's not going to be like, oh, you're 35, you have to retire, you can't <laughs> be on TV. It's kind of like, oh, you're 35, so maybe we can do some coaching of the younger girls. Because, you know, when Paige signed to WWE, she was like 18. Yeah. You know, she couldn't even drink alcohol when she came over. They, they, these young girls, like they need. I think they do need to have like mentors and coaches and just stuff like that. And I think that that's what I would like to see anyway for for that. But. Well, yeah, it seems ridiculous that I mean, I can understand having to have a certain recommended retirement age in wrestling because it's so physically demanding. And I mm. obviously, I, d- I don't want all my faves to end up dead, yeah. or permanently horribly injured, or worse, old. Or and I don't want as well people to think that going into coaching or commentary or any kind of work that's not directly involved in the matches themselves is somehow a step down. It definitely isn't. It and can it can be it depending can be. on how they yeah. approach it. But Trish really like she did retire on top and when she comes back now, she's been back for a few matches. You know, she's appeared at WrestleMania. She tagged with Snooky from Jersey Shore at WrestleMania. What? Oh yeah. So she's like she's had like some high profile returns and whatnot. She was inducted into the Hall of Fame as well. Um so she really is she's cemented now, WWE have cemented her as like the female legend. How many women are there in the Hall of Fame? Um six. How many seven? Um, male celebrities who aren't wrestlers are in the Hall of Fame I don't know off the top of my head it's, it's probably like 50 or 60 I'd say at least but you know when you when you take into account that WWE didn't even have women on the roster for a lengthy chunk of it Drew Carey's in the Hall of Fame right? he is yes I see I know but I mean WWE you know I think they are slowly coming around on the Divas thing yeah the fact they're still calling them Divas is a bit of a pain in the arse but is Lisa in the Hall of Fame? She is, yeah. Jolly good. Yeah, so that's that's. I mean, Trish and Lita, uh, but, you know, there's a long gap there after Trish and Lita. Who are the other female legends, you know? Because a lot of them had such short careers. Two, yeah. three years. Oh, we're not as successful as Trish Stratus. I'm retiring, bye. And I suppose if you're giving you know? them three-minute matches... They're not, yeah, exactly. How are they going to prove themselves? No one's going to be clamouring for, you know, Candice Michelle and Kelly Match Kelly of the year. to go into the Hall Three of Fame. Three minutes. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I'm, again, that's not a knock on those. I mean, those girls who I was saying, you know, oh, they didn't reach the levels of Trish Stratus. Well, they, they couldn't because they had fucking two, three-minute matches. Yeah. And th- there was nothing that they could do. And when they didn't, when they went PG as well, it hurt them a lot more because we just... Yeah, the caring. first thing you cut is going to be, you said it before, tag teams and women. Yeah, that was it. And now that the women didn't have kind of like, oh, we have to put the sexy segment on to get the ratings. Well, now that's not there anymore. The women just got like a two-minute match and yeah. that was it. So, so it's really sad. So I don't think it's Trisha's fault. She left it better off than when she arrived, but she did prove that you could come in as a non-wrestler and become a star. And she really did become a star. Yeah. You know, to think in six short years, she went from someone who could barely hold a microphone and just, you know, not wrestle at all to being like, you know, she's the best women's wrestler ever. That's, you know, what they were telling you at the end. That's, for six years, not many people could do that, no. you know, man or woman. It is a shame, though, to hear that it just kind of went downhill a bit after she left. Yeah. Like, it just goes to show that you can make all this amazing progress and it can all be undone. And I mean... The exact same thing happened, you could argue as well on a larger scale, when Steve Austin and The Rock left WWE after yeah. WrestleMania 19, and no one was turned around saying it was their fault, but uh, some people will to this day say it was, you know, Trisha's fault for kind of... Really? For, well, some people think, oh, she set that precedent, then she left. And how dare she be good at dare, her job? How dare she show that, you know, someone... But, like, people are kind of of the opinion that because... She was a model that let WWE kind of go, well, if she can do it, anyone can do it. And well, that's a good thing. 
it is a good thing, but WWE didn't try hard enough, I don't think. To... I think it's fantastic. I mean, because I don't want to get anyone to get any opinions that I think that models can't be wrestlers. No, or they that, absolutely or that can. being good looking isn't somehow valuable in its own way. And what Trisha's done is she has shown that there was more to her than just her appearance. She's shown that she was hardworking, tenacious, and ambitious. And you have to look at the circumstances as well, where Trish had someone like Lita yeah. there the whole way at the start, where she was able to build it up. And then also as well, you know, when we mentioned she had all those amazing women's wrestlers who had experience outside of WB to help her along the way, okay? What you had after Trish left, you had a lot of people with minimal wrestling experience to work with and train up with. Yeah. It was no surprise no one became a star because exactly. no one was there to teach them. So. If you're going to hate these people, hate them for the right reasons. Don't hate her <laughs> because she's beautiful. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, a lot of opinions on Trish Stratus. So, maybe we'll dive into the old tweets now to uh, check out what the opinions are of the lady. I am standing by live with the former women's champion Trish Stratus. And Trish, the obvious question is, how do you feel about losing your title last week to Lita? How do I feel? How do you think I feel, Tom? Actually, sorry, it's it's Todd. Yeah, well, how would it feel if I smacked those glasses right off your face, Todd? The fact of the matter is, I am the best woman's wrestler ever. You saw the footage. Lita had to practically kill herself just to beat me. And you know what? She better enjoy it. She better enjoy every single second of being champion because I will get my rematch and I will get my title back. Any more questions, Todd? So we have a tweet here from uh, Googs, Xanta Gogs. That's a serious Twitter name right there, let me tell you something. Yeah, I'm getting quite good now at reading out Twitter names. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Uh, who said, the last great main roster women's feud with Mickey James. Mm. Is that the case then? Do you think there were no real feuds after that? I want to say no, but I mean, like, as good as that and it's kind of as like, kind of, let's try something outside the box. Let's, you know, really fucking shake it up. I'm going to, you know, no, to be honest. The amount of risks they take with women's storylines over the years were so minimal, you well, know? even now? I don't know if they viewed the if the angle retrospectively was if it was in poor taste, because, again, it's another one which they don't really make much it, mention I mean, of. It is in poor taste, you but know. it's the character development and the whole idea of... Because something that really bothers me at the moment with um, especially the main show of women's wrestling is the idea of you've got these female wrestlers who don't have an actual angle. Yeah. Or they have an angle but it flip-flops. You can be heel or face, it doesn't matter. At any one time. It's Your more character is... catty personality. Yeah. All women hate each other, dog. Yes. I've always said that all women hate each other and you know what, JR? All women hate each other. Ah! But I love their puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I think of? I think Jerry Lawler is scrappy-doo. Oh yeah, Scrappy Doo. The little shit dog. The little shit one, yeah. I think we've actually referred to him as that on our podcast before, yeah. There you go, small worlds. Wow, great minds. Yeah, seriously. There's so many times where like a woman's storyline started where it was like, holy shit, and then they just gave up on it, Mm. you know? And yeah, there was never anything that I personally was captivated by like that one was, you know? They never really piqued the interest. I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that you know, a lot of the players and a lot of the characters that were there weren't confident enough or good enough at, you know, the acting or on the microphone to pull that off. Because with Mickey and Trish, the reason that storyline worked was because of the facial expressions and just the the actual, the characterization and stuff like that, which I, I think a lot of the, the, the women they had in the roster after that weren't capable of doing. Right. So, yeah, I would say so. I'd agree with them on that front. 
32 years, Dave says, worth watching the bra and panty matches to see what she went through. She crawled through shit, but inspired a generation of fans. Absolutely. It's very much like the end of the Shawshank Redemption, where uh, Trish, <laughs> Trish had to literally crawl, crawl a mile and a half of shit, you know, to get through to the other side. And yeah, I, I just, WWE... They do the revisionist history for a simple for a simple reason. It's just it makes it easier for them just to make shows to have a solid narrative throughout you know their network programming and stuff like that. But yeah, just bear in mind that Trish didn't come in, wave a magic wand, and then bra and panties matches went away. No, you know, and I can't imagine that she would have gotten to where she did if she had refused to do those bra and panty matches as well. I mean, the only real difference was that Trish was the one winning the bra and panties matches later on in her career as opposed to losing them when yeah. she did at the start. So I don't know if that makes it much better. No. Darson Albronxo says, I feel Trish's transformation from valet to wrestler was aided by a women's division that employed people who had wrestled prior to WWE. For example, Ivory, Jazz, mm. Molly Holly, Gail Kim, whom Trish could learn from while having good matches. I worry they're becoming forgotten because they don't fit the conventional model image and aren't WWE creations, TM. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's because WWE have done such a good job of kind of being like, Lita, Trish, yeah, and forget the fact that... That's all the women. Yeah, and I mean, Victoria, I mean, Victoria and Molly Holly are two women who, Jesus Christ, Victoria was there up until like 2009, 2010, and she wrestled with every single one of those, you know, people they just hired because they were a you know, bikini model or whatever and had, you know, had very little experience. She wrestled every single one of them. She lost to most of them as well, making <gasps> them look like fucking stars. And Victoria, I think, is probably one of the most selfless wrestlers ever because she was the, the only one left after you know Trish was gone, Molly was gone, Jazz was gone, Lita was gone, and you just had Victoria was left there as the kind of the stalwart. It's like, here's the actual you know seasoned wrestler. Wow. And yeah, I think if anyone deserves to go into the Hall of Fame out of that list you mentioned, uh, yeah, Victoria needs to go in there because <laughs> she... I, I think she could eventually, yeah, definitely. Victoria is fucking awesome. I mean, I've only seen three matches of hers, I think, in total, but they were all amazing. Victoria is probably... Pound for pound, probably the best women's wrestler, I think. Like, yeah. Just like from a technical aspect, like the best like Western women's wrestler, I think, um, from her her time. Obviously, we've moved along quite a bit since. But I'd love to see her brought into like NXT or something like that and wrestle. Ah, you know, that would be fucking incredible. Or even training and stuff would be... Although, actually, fantastic... Oh, have there been many older wrestlers? I mean, obviously, I know May Young. Yeah. But any Older others? women's wrestlers? No, I mean... Victoria was the older woman wrestler, but they never. She? she was like late thirties. <laughs> oh, so old! But they never like it was never part of her character or anything like that. Well, that's you know, good. I'm so. glad that it wasn't part of her character. Yeah. But it would be yeah, it'd be awesome to get some older female wrestlers back in. But she's she's absolutely incredible and um, a really good salient point there, friend on Twitter. Yeah. That those women absolutely are think are being forgotten in the kind of the it's the easy story to tell Trish and Lita revolutionized they made it awesome you know the same thing with where they tried to make out that the Attitude Era was Steve Austin spraying Vince McMahon with beer for you know four <laughs> years it wasn't there was a lot more to it there were a lot more players involved yeah and uh, those women you mentioned absolutely deserve more recognition well I hope that we do episodes on all of those at some point that'd Heck be great yeah. Abby Electra says, I used to change my brother's calendar picture of Trish to Lita. Love Trish, though. Bring back the women's belt. Yes, yes. bring back the women's belt. Actually, no, if, if you listen to Paige, that she, she thinks that we shouldn't do that because divas is branded and it makes you know that we're different from women. Oh, get a job in marketing, Paige. But it's her house. It's my house. No. 
I, I mean, I'd love it personally if we had both, but that will never happen. Yeah, true. Jenna ACLB says, As someone coming to wrestling in the age of NXT women, I struggle to warm to the over-sexualized women of WWE past. I can definitely identify with that. I found it very difficult to get Trish in my head as a, someone to be kind of admired and respected. And I wonder if some of that's a little bit of internalised misogyny myself, but the idea that because she's so hot and was hired because of her body, she couldn't possibly be a good wrestler. She absolutely was, though. Because she was sexualised. But yeah. she was a good wrestler, and it's possible to be both and be sexualised doesn't necessarily mean... Yeah. No, it's, it's difficult as well as a female fan. If you are watching, and say, at the moment you're watching your NXT stuff, and then you go, wow, you have Sasha and Bailey and Becky, you know, all these amazing, you know, matches and feuds you're seeing at the moment, and then kind of going, hey, let's go back and see Trish Stratus and Lita. They keep telling me on all the network shows that they're the greatest ever, and you're going to watch that, and you're going to hear the comment I mean, the, the commentary alone from Jerry Lawler I, yeah. I can't emphasise enough how off-putting it is where you basically have a very loud man on a fucking tannoy going don't take this seriously they're only women and you know it is hard Yeah. and in some respects you can kind of see why WWE are kind of just giving a big nice brush to the history of women's wrestling kind of going oh it's Lita and Trish and look at these video packages of them pointing to the crowd and everyone being happy mm. so it's actually getting your hands stuck in and going back and watching those matches and seeing the context and the very sexist backdrop of it how they actually dealt with it at the time yeah you know and yes you have Jim Ross kind of bemusedly trying to stop everyone being so fucking sexist half-heartedly yeah. but that ain't you know that doesn't make up for the fact that you know you've got a lot of dodgy stuff to, to watch around there's still amazing matches though and as well I mean I know it's hard as a woman watching these things but I imagine it must be in a way actually just if not just as hard if not harder being a male wrestling fan and being able to sort of look back at those matches and enjoy them without feeling like you're enjoying them from a position of sexualization because I know how hard that can be yeah. to kind of blame yourself and go oh well maybe if I'm just enjoying these matches because they're really really hot so I can only imagine how hard that must be as well I mean I guess it's just kind of it's it's weird like when you're kind of when you're watching the how women's wrestling is presented now and then going back and watching it then, it's just, it's, it's fucking weird. I mean, I, I, what I would imagine, like you mentioned, be weird for is if you had like maybe a, a young male teen fan now, like someone who's like 14 or 15 and they were to go into the network and then watch the old stuff and it would probably be a very strange experience for God, them. Oh, that's a really, I, I'd be very interested to know how that would feel for Are that you person. a 14-year-old male curious fan? <laughs> Call in. <laughs> Team Chaffinch says the Matrix move was awesome when she got the timing right. Someone should nick that today. Yeah, seriously. I can't believe God, no one yeah. has. Undeadpool says before Sasha Banks, Trish was the poster girl for she'll never get what makes wrestling. Oh, wait, she's an incredible <laughs> line. JJ Mason says never the best wrestler, but for her time, she was the best total package diva. Mm -hmm. She had everything. She did. She, there yeah. was nothing. Uh, if you look at her at the end of her run, there was nothing that she was lacking in. There was no requires improvement. That's probably why she retired. Fizz vs. The World says, one of the greatest examples of determination and perseverance in wrestling period. Absolutely. It's hard to make it in wrestling, I can imagine. But I can only imagine how hard it was for her. And I mean, that is... Perseverance is definitely the word I would use to describe Trish Stratus. Because yeah. Trish Stratus never posed for Playboy. She never took off her clothes. She was never. She never did any nude modelling because she mm -hmm. went in saying, "I will not do that." And I believe me, the amount of money they offered her to do that. But she did the brown panties matches and stuff. Yeah, but she was never nude. She never. Huh. She was never nude. That's really interesting. Okay? I kind of assumed that she would have done all that stuff as well. No, she didn't. And she was one of the only. There's a very short list of people who could turn that down. Because I mean, you've got cases of like women who were in WWE who had said previously, "I'll never do Playboy," because like 
my family would think is too and then like next month they're in Playboy kind of going well <laughs> oh 100% serious if Playboy offered me like enough money I would do Playboy but Trish did Come stick on. to <laughs> Trish did stick to her principles and she was the only like big star her and Lita obviously were the only kind of like, big star like women wrestlers who didn't I mean Sable did it China did it Maria did it Ashley did it yeah you know all those women we mentioned you know they, they were all either offered that or, or wanted to do that and Trish was one of the few people who turned it down and I swear to God they would have given her a million dollars to do it yeah you know? I'm not surprised Noah says I'm not usually one to say so and so is the next so and so but Alexa's NXT career has been 100% Trish oh yes no, Alexa Bliss did NXT very much following the Trish Stratus um, method at the moment is that she is you know surrounded by two goons she's got this like cocky heel persona only difference is I think Alexa is probably a lot better on the mic at the moment than Trish was at that time. So does Alexa come from a kind of fitness model yeah, yeah, background as well? As well? Yeah, so really? I mean, Alexa though is I think definitely one to watch. I think they view her as she's going to be a big star, but she's work in progress still. You know? Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy Alexa a lot. I think she's awesome. So Absolutely. that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't like her attitude. She's got a bad attitude. She's got Kevin. bad attitudes. <laughs> Tyler TMC says, great representative of women's wrestling. Shame she was made to bark like a dog. Sorry, Joe. I forgive you. Not that you had anything to do with it, mate, but... I was going to say, because I think a lot of people were, were assuming, like, I mean, the reason this episode was delayed, not because we were, like, you know, <laughs> wrestling with our conscience, like, damn it, she's got to find out about <laughs> the sexy secrets of wrestling. It's been ruined for me. And it was obviously sickness, but there were, I'll be honest, there was some trepidation with me kind of going, uh-oh. We're watching this and you're going to have to listen to that commentary and there's a lot of shit to put up with if you're a female fan watching If uh, we, yeah, if we hadn't, if I hadn't already known about most of the really bad stuff, I don't think I could have done this episode actually. Yeah. I think it would have been really, really hard. But I already knew it. I was already steeled. So it was fine. The Hulk Brogan says, anything she did with Lita was gold. She went above and beyond her initial position and really learnt the business. Heck yeah. Inside and out. Well, thanks very much for everyone for tweeting in about how to Trish Stratus. I think we got a really good snapshot of Trish and what she was about, what her character was about, and also the impact that she had. I think that's the most important thing when you're looking at kind of one of these figurehead wrestlers, is their impact and where they stand. WWE are very good with their revisionist history, as we've mentioned, and making you think things that aren't. And if you're a new fan, it can be dreadfully confusing when you've got all these other fans saying, it's not like that at all, it's like this. So I think we, we probably hit a lot of the nails in the head there for yeah. Trish Strass. Um, I will say, you know, a lot of the messages we got on you know, the Facebook, I think, were, were things that we were discussing about the, the, the thoughts that Trish had kind of done some harm for wrestling. I do appreciate getting both sides of the spectrum because obviously if you're looking at someone and everyone just says they're fucking awesome well then it's a bit of a one-sided story so just to actually hear what some of those grievances were and then debunk them um, was, was was nice we appreciate that very much yeah and as well I want to say please do watch these matches do not I, I mean I realise it can be quite stressful especially if you're a woman watching things like Brian Panty's matches it, it can be a bit hard but Forget those. Watch these awesome matches, though, with Trish and Lisa and just turn off the commentary so you don't have to hear fucking Jerry Lawler all the time being a little troll man because they are awesome matches. Mm, absolutely. A lot of fun, and I absolutely adored watching them. Well, that's good, and that's the most important thing when you're watching wrestling, that you're having fun while doing it. So thank you very much for everyone who contributed to How to Trish Stratus, and our next episode is going to be a very, very special one, something a little bit different and to what we've been doing normally, but it's going to be How to Video Games. Big thanks to Arnel de Leon for requesting this one. What a cool request. Seriously, coolest request ever. How dare you? You're going to make me and Joe play loads of wrestling video games. Ugh. You no good son of a bitch. Yeah. I'm going to get 
Damn it, I hate my job. We're going to have a little bit of a potted history as I take Joe through some of the classic wrestling games of years gone by. We will be playing a lot of No Mercy. And also, we're going to be looking at some of the more modern iterations, like 2K14, 2K15, and 16, and whatnot, and everything in between. It will be a little bit of a guided tour, as well as us watching some videos on YouTube with some of the weird shit that WWE has pumped out under its video games moniker over the years. So if you've got any memories, or nostalgia, or thoughts, or general feelings on wrestling video games, use the hashtag HowToVideoGames to tweet in letting us know your thoughts. What are your experiences playing wrestling video games? Is it all been fun? Has it been frustrating? I know it has been for me as a fan. And if you're a new fan as well, are there certain things that are putting you off playing wrestling games? Are they strange? What is a wrestling game like to play as if you are a new fan? Because I think that they're dreadfully off-putting in some ways. I'd like to hear some experiences. Spoilers, they are. <laughs> yeah, but Joe can reverse me now. so it's, I'm really know, good at it now. She's really good at it now. God, so. it took me a long time to get to that point. Yeah, Ooh. seriously. So yes, let us know your thoughts, feelings, and or recommendations for play using the hashtag HowToVideoGames. All I'm going to do is thank you very much for listening to this episode of How To Wrestling. Thank you so much for your thoughts on Trish Stratus. Did you enjoy looking at this one, Joe? I loved it so much. It was so much fun to do. I really hope no one thinks I hate all wrestling now because of the negatives, but just to emphasize, love it. I just love so you it know, so much. Anyone who thinks that probably isn't going to listen to the episode anyway. They've so they probably just cherry-picked yeah. the bits where, where I'm complaining. Oh, they've done a woman. I'm not going to listen to this episode. <laughs> But um, yes, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at HowToWrestling, where we are always tweeting goofs and gas, live tweeting special events on the WWE Network, and you can get in touch about all the facets of the world of wrestling, teach something new to Joe about the world of wrestling, and also as well using the hashtag for the new episode to let us know your thoughts. You can also find us on Facebook, that's facebook.com forward slash HowToWrestling. We are posting up episode artwork on there, match lists and fan art and very exciting hopefully you've already checked this out we have a website howtowrestling.com is live it's fucking awesome it's entirely the work of Joe she's done such an amazing job I'm just saying this as someone who just saw Joe I mean I just basically thought I saw my girlfriend for an hour less every day because she was working on this <laughs> website for so long but fucking hell it's incredible I blame this website for me being sick <laughs> all the info about past episodes upcoming episodes it's our new home base so do go and check it out spread the word howtowrestling.com that's where new episodes will be dropping as well so make sure you bookmark that shit and if you have any ideas for features or stuff you want to go up on there please do let us know because it's a work in progress and we want to hear what you guys think we yes. really value your opinion we're developing like a how to get interesting guide which is going up there as well so uh -huh. any thoughts or anything like that you want to take part let us know contribute get in touch yeah if you want to help us out immeasurably you can always leave a rating or review on iTunes where you can subscribe and get all our previous episodes and as well SoundCloud and Stitcher Radio wherever you get your podcasts make sure you subscribe and leave us a rating or review huge thanks to everyone who's done that already we love you so much for doing that for us it's the best we love you almost as much as we love beating Chael Sonnen's podcast each and every time it comes out oh yeah and also as well if you want to be a very very nice member of the How To Universe and help us out immeasurably support monetarily and give back to the podcast patreon.com forward slash howto wrestling where you can become our patrons and pledge a small amount of money to help this podcast run and give back to howto wrestling if you are a one dollar backer you get access to our show notes that Joe compiles for these episodes, access to all the goofs and gaffes and all the tiny things that go into making each episode so very, very special. If you're a $5 backer, you get access to our back catalogue and upcoming releases, 
of bonus podcast episodes as Joe and I review the WWE Network Live specials that are coming out. Keep your eyes peeled for a special TLC slash NXT TakeOver review coming up soon. And if you are a $10 backer, you get access to everything we mentioned previously, as well as all the old WWE pay-per-view reviews which we have done, and access to our live stream as you can see Joe and I play WWE 2K16, as well as seeing our incredibly disturbed and amazing WWE Universe mode with our own brand, which we call Why 2 Wrestling. Oh my god, I am so excited to show people that. You will believe that Han Solo and Chewbacca can wrestle Jeremy Clarkson and Richard Hammond in an Iron Man match. We have put in so much love into our little weird show. I don't think the the emotion I would use is love. I We've put a lot of weird into it. I've put a lot of love into it. I spent hours making that Jeremy Corbyn that got deleted by accident. Oh man, seriously. And if you want to push the good SS ship How To Wrestling into waters anew and want to help us out in the best way possible, $50 backers on Patreon can choose an episode for us to review. We have got a huge backlog now of amazing episodes coming up, all from Patreon backers. You've done a better job than even I could have Mm -hmm. in really giving Joe an amazing, rich and varied diet of wrestling. A huge shout out to our main dude, Ashley Clements, who requested how to Trish Stratus. Thank you very much for all our Patreon backers. You are helping us out with this show and thank you for giving back. It makes it so lovely to see all the people who are supporting us at patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And a goodbye from me, Joe. And we're going to go now and play loads and loads of wrestling video games. Oh, sucks to be us. Mm-hmm. See you next time on How To Wrestling. See ya.